Hey everyone, so before we get started here, we're going to do a message from our sponsor, Chirp, C-H-I-I-R-P. What they do is they provide automation to your company. So they do ringless voicemail, text, and email. If you go to a customer's home and you do a really good job of executing the customer performance, but six months later they forget your name because you didn't leave a card behind, maybe they threw the card out, well, Chirp makes it impossible for any customer in your database to forget about you. You send them reminders, hey, you know, we need to do a tune-up. Hey, you're due for your oil change. Hey, uh... We just want to let you know that we're thinking about you and we care that you're a customer of ours and thank you for using our business. Chirp is the best way to reach out to your customer base and they are a sponsor of this podcast. So go ahead and check them out. C-H-I-I-R-P. Welcome to the Ryan and Nate's Business Podcast. Come listen to these two blue-collar business guys. Nate, your go-to automotive repairer, and Ryan, your local heating and air contractor, talk about business, how to help you, and hear stories from our local unsung heroes. Community matters to them, and so does a healthy business. Here's Ryan and Nate. What is up, everyone? So we have our friend Jack in the studio today. How's it going, Jack? I'm good. Good, good. So Um, glad to have you, buddy. Good to be here. Nate's got a little intro for you. Yeah, so to introduce you, I, I wrote this up for you. Hopefully, it's flattering. Um, if it's not, it's okay because I don't. You know, it is what it is, Jack. Um, I, I just, I, I love, I, I love, I loved meeting you a couple weeks ago, and we, yeah. Ryan and I, immediately were like, I, I want to hang out with with Jack on the podcast. So, uh, so everyone, Jack Heald is an artist and a businessman. His skill set is vast, including the written and spoken word. He applies it to marketing, podcasting, ad writing musical and theatrical performances, voiceover work, and much more. His superpower is curiosity, and he loves teaching people what he knows. Jack helps people get from point A to point B by inspiring them, creating connections, and telling stories. He perpetually gives off the fun uncle vibe, which makes you just want (laughs) to be around him. And it's very, very important. The fun uncle vibe is very different than the creepy uncle vibe. Those are two different vibes. (laughs) But uh, Ryan and I met Jack. <laughs> yeah, and you forgot his fashion. You forgot his fashion. Put his fashion uh, oh, in the. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, his he has a uniform. The Wildly only, fashionable. Yeah, the only uni- person I know with a uniform of a top hat and a vest. You just gotta love it. Um, we met Jack recently at a Wizard of Ads training, um, which we're going to talk a little bit about t- today. It's an odd. It's it's an odd name for a really fun place. Um, it's totally not a cult and it's definitely not a cult. We (laughs) learned how to meet business owners, um, in a consulting capacity and identify their big wants, transferring courage, um, uh, so that they can be the best that they can be. So that's what we were, we were there learning together about how to help people. This process is called an uncovery. We'll talk a little bit about that today as well. And so we wanted to bring Jack on the, on the show to share his wisdom. We like him as a person. But um, I think what I love about you most, I mean, you said this about yourself, but curiosity, that, that, is, that is, I think, your superpower. I, I agree with that for sure. I'm insatiably um, curious. It's been that way yeah. my entire life. Um, I used to think it was a curse, and I recently realized, oh, my gosh, that's, that's my superpower. That's why I, that's why I, As, I just, uh, I, well, Yeah. <laughs> Has being curious gotten you in trouble uh, if you said it was a does, curse? What do you think? <laughs> I just want to hear a story. If you have one off the top of your head. Uh, yeah, you know, um, wisdom is gained by experience. Experience is gained by making poor decisions. Poor decisions is gained by a lack of wisdom. Um, <laughs> so I made a lot of poor decisions in my life, but I've learned from them. <laughs> We can end the podcast with that. That's a that's a magical, yeah, that was pretty good. brandable chunk there. I like that. Yeah, that, we like hanging out with Jack. Um, all right, very good. Um, well, tell us, Jack, more about uh, w- what the Wizards of Ads means to you and um, your your business. Call it your brand dot com. Wow, that's that is. Yeah, a, I'm going to let you have four for the next thirty question. minutes. Holy smoke! <laughs> um, wow. I have I have deep long connections to 
the guy who's the chancellor of the Wizard Academy, and that's how I came into contact with the Wizard of Ads. I'm actually good friends with Daniel Whittington's dad. Daniel's the chancellor of the Academy. Um, I've known I've known Brad, golly, we go back more than 40 years. Um, I can remember Daniel as a wee lad. Um, he's a musical prodigy, and I remember him playing a, a full drum kit at five, six years old with a band, and he was wow. really good. Um, and when uh, his dad, Brad, called me, oh, 2016, and said, hey, Daniel's got uh, a seat available in the Wizard of or the, the Wizard Academy class. Um, because of his role, he if, if there's a, a spare seat available, he has the he can give it away now to the audience. I don't know if that's true anymore. This was seven years ago. Um, he said, You want it? And I said, Yeah, that sounds fun. I knew nothing about <laughs> any of this, but it was a chance to go hang out with Brad and Austin, and um, I'm insatiably curious. Uh, so that's what introduced me to the Wizard Academy, and um, it turned out that I had been subscribing to Roy Williams' Monday Morning Memo for like 12 years at that point. And it never registered that Roy Williams' Monday Morning Memo, Wizard of Ads, which is what Roy is known as, and the Wizard Academy all went together. It was just, I, I didn't make the connection. Um, was like, but Roy's <sighs> teaching the class, and uh, I, it just blows my mind. And um, the particular class I took was called Magical Worlds. It's kind of the, the cornerstone class of the academy. And one of the things that happens in that particular class is uh, day number one is designed to induce a, a shift in your state of consciousness. Um, and it's a very deliberate, uh, very calculated, uh, complete overload of your senses. Um, with, the, with the intended effect being it opens your mind to a new, new set of possibilities. It's, it's uh, drugs without the drugs. And um, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask, or did you take LSD day one? Nope. What happens? Nope. Because I haven't taken uh, Magical World. Um, in fact, so. one of the things that, that Roy said is uh, um, tonight, th this is a three-day class. And day number one, we went for... Well, it started at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, and I don't think we quit till maybe 7 at night. And, you know, yep. most business training classes, um, I've, I've done a lot of them in my career. And the way I like to describe it is they pack four hours of content into a week of, of time. Um, yes. And Magical Worlds packed a semester of content into three days. It was, it was yeah overwhelming. I was like uh, hooking your mouth up to a fire hose and, and just never letting go. And Roy said, you may have trouble sleeping tonight and, or you may have weird dreams. This is normal. Um, and I, that is in fact, um, I didn't have any trouble sleeping, but man, I had weird dreams. So um, I go through this three day class and at the end of the class, the entire Cult Your Brand um, training course structure just appeared in my head. Now, what is, what's that all about? Well, um, in, when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, my two best friends uh, joined a cult and disappeared from my life. And we were all relatively normal, healthy adult males, I thought. None of us had, you know, horrible family problems or horrible life upbringing problems. We were just normal guys with wives and kids, and we were all in business for ourselves. And these two guys were 
we were very close. I mean, we got together early in the morning every week just to hang out and talk and kvetch about life and what it was like learning to be a dad, learning to be a husband, and learning to be a, a business owner. And for these two guys to to join this cult and disappear f- from my life, it was it was one of the most traumatic things that had ever happened to me at that time. And mm. being insatiably curious, wow. I had to understand what had happened. And I began studying cult psychology. This is the early 90s, mind you. Um, and that, um, it's a, that, that's a deep subject. And when I went to Magical Worlds in March of 2016, I had been studying cult psychology, the psychology of influence, the psychology of persuasion, all of which dovetails with marketing and branding, um, for 25 years. And all of these ideas were, were just marinating inside me and percolating around. And I get, I get through this three day mind blowing course at magical worlds and everything coalesces. It all just comes together. The 25 years of study, what is it that makes people that, that, that triggers people to make the kinds of decisions that they make. And the thing that the, the particular question that, that I really wanted an answer to was how come after the promise of this cult had been exposed as a bald-faced lie, why did they stay? Mm. Um, and as it turns out, first of all, that's a very common experience. Um, and furthermore, the reason that it works those reasons are directly transferable to us as business owners. And I want to very clearly, um, I want to make something clear here. Um, Cults have available to them two qualities of tool sets. They have benign tools, passive tools, I I call them, and they have malignant tools, which are are, um, coercive. As business owners, if you tried to use the malignant coercive tools, you would be out of business overnight simply because they are so repellent um, to to a potential customer, to a prospect um, who doesn't have any emotional connection to you. They work for cults because cults first start with these benign tools, these passive tools, and they engage people at the level, uh, at, at the at the most fundamental, foundational level of who we are as human beings, and that is, they answer the three most fundamental questions that every human comes into the world asking. And those questions are, "Who am I? Where did I come from? And why am I here?" Cults provide answers to those, and if those answers are emotionally satisfying. It makes it almost impossible to tear yourself away. And that's when the cults begin using the malignant, coercive kinds of things where they get engaged in sleep deprivation and family separations. And I could go on and on and on. If anybody's got any experience with cults, you know what I'm talking about. So with the cult, it's who am I? Why am I? Uh, why am I here? What are the three? Sorry, well, it's again. not just cults. It's I mean, as human beings, we all yeah. will find answers to these questions because they are the okay. three fundamental driving questions that that every human has to have answered. We cannot Got tolerate a, a lack of answer to these questions. Who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? So that has to do with identity, origin, and purpose. Um, and everybody has answers to those questions. Those answers will, will range from incredibly deep, profound, eternal um, things you can build, not just a life, but a legacy on, all the way to uh, as flimsy as, as they can possibly be. They turn to nothing under the, the slightest pressure. But the, the reality is we as humans cannot function if we don't have some kind of answer to those those three questions. 
And so I, I know it sounds like I've gone a million miles off track here, but I spent 25 years at that point contemplating and reading. I've read voraciously everything from Viktor Frankl's Man's Search, to, Search for Meaning to Eric Hoffer's um, the, uh, the True Believers, all kinds of advertising, marketing insights, um, and, and then my own experience with my friends. We spent, I think we spent three years arguing about whether or not this joining this cult was a good idea. Um, and at the end wow. they, they did it and I didn't. Um, so when I, when I get through magical worlds and this all just comes together in my head, it's like, I see it all. And from that point, it was just a matter of writing it down. Um, mm -hmm. and that happened, I think because of that combination of 25 years of marinating on it. And then this three days of just having things done to my brain that I had no idea could be done. Um, so I had been, uh, I'd been writing copy, uh, as a, uh, you know, I, I, I am not wired to work in corporate America. So I was a freelance copywriter. No, really? Uh, yeah, I know it's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had a, I did have a job with corporate America at one point and I, I, I was, uh, I was, I was killing it. I was really, really good at what I did. Um, and my customers, my billing, um, it all said so. The problem was I was me and you see how I'm dressed and I have a personality and, uh, I got a review. My, my manager one time gave me my annual review and, uh, he marked me down because he said I was too colorful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so back to the wizard of ads, I, I've, I've been writing copy, marketing copy for a while now. And, um, uh, because of my exposure in wizard Academy to, Roy Williams, I realized, oh my God, I love what these people do. I love how they do it. That would be so cool to be a Wizard of Ads partner. But first of all, I didn't have any idea how that would happen. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, I, my opinion was that I did not belong in that echelon of people. These were the best of the best and, and the stories prove it. Um, so that was just kind of a dream I stuffed onto the, the back shelf of my, of my wish list and got on with my life. Um, I picked up a client, uh, an HVAC client, actually an HVAC company as a client several years ago. And, um, using the lessons I learned from going to the wizard Academy and also just devouring Roy Williams, three books, the wizard of ads, magical worlds and secret formulas of the wizard of ads. Um, I taught myself how to write radio ads and it was, it was kind of the fulfillment of a lifelong dream. I fell in love with radio as a kid. I can remember, um, I grew up in Northeast Oklahoma, about 40 miles North of Tulsa. Um, and the only rock and roll station that we could pick up where I lived was KELI 1460 out of Tulsa. And, uh, that was my first exposure to rock and roll and my first exposure to my radio. I can remember my mom listening to what is now considered adult easy listening while she was making breakfast for us in the kitchen. But it didn't, it wasn't music that ma mattered to me. Uh, but at some point I, I discovered <laughs> rock and roll and I fell in love with radio. And I can remember thinking, God, it would be so cool to, to do that, to be on the radio. But life took me another direction and it just, I didn't think about it. So I end up with this gig uh, 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 running marketing for, um, uh, a client and he is perfect for radio. It is, it's a, it's the client I've always wanted. And, uh, so I pitched him, I said, Hey, you know, if you really want to go where, where, 
where you say you want to go, the way to get there is with radio. And he said, do it. <laughs> so I start writing radio commercials and, uh, it's the right, he, he's the right guy at the right place at the right time. Um, one of the things that, that, that in the wizard of ads, um, we know to do is we work with people who are going to be successful anyway. Um, and I just got lucky with this guy. Um, he was, he's going to be successful anyway. Um, and you know, I can help him be more successful. Anyway, started writing ads, wrote a bunch of ads, picked up other radio clients, wrote more radio ads, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, about a year ago this month, uh, in Mon in Roy Williams Monday morning memo, which at this point I've been subscribing to for, I don't know, 18 years, <laughs> long freaking time. He says that he's looking for, um, that the, the wizard of ads business is growing and he's looking to add partners and i'm like what oh wow and uh basically he said if you think you've got what it takes send the scripts of your 12 best radio ads and we'll see well i, I still oh, well, it's an interview process <laughs> yeah right i have you know, I've kind of been working, I, I've been a lone wolf my whole life. And, um, you know, in the, that little nagging voice in the back of my head says, there's no way you're remotely good enough for this, but Hey, <laughs> you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, you don't take, take the shot. Yep. So I went through, mm -hmm. you know, my several years worth of backlog of radio commercials I'd written, picked 12 that I thought were really good, sent them in. And uh, I think a month later, I was on the phone with Roy Williams and he's saying, Hey, uh, you want to be a partner? <laughs> yes. So yes. that's how it all came about. <laughs> oh, man. And I've been talking for about 30 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. Not quite. Well, that's what we want. We want to hear you talk. Yeah. This, uh, while you're talking, I realized like your story of, being curious about cults and how they work and then your love for people and um, uh, telling people stories and you put those things together. Like if the idea of studying cults and finding something uh, you use the word, the benign and malignant pieces of cults, your curiosity allowed you to get something positive out of even a cult in order to use it to help people. I just find that, I just find that interesting. Well, thanks. I, yeah. Um, it, when you're talking, it almost seemed like you made your mess, your message. I don't know if that resonates at all, but. Oh, that's a cool way to say it. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Made my mess, my message. Yeah. 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 Oftentimes yeah. some of our best, um, work can come out of our deepest pain. Well, I, I regularly tell people the worst things to happen to me were the best things to happen to me. And I mean it. I'm, that's not just, I'm not just running my gums. I'm, I can look back and I can, things that I thought would have killed me before I went through them have turned out to be, be without question, the biggest, the biggest blessings in my life. And I'm immensely grateful, grateful for them and I wouldn't trade them for anything. So it's awesome. Yeah. So you're going back to the wizard Academy. How, are you just going back for the magical worlds this year? Are you going to any other uh, classes? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking my wife to magical worlds. She has her own business as well. And I've told her you've, you've got to, you got to do this class. It is so cool. And she wants to do it. So we're going to magical worlds. Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited for, for her to be introduced to, you know, she's kind of gotten a, uh, an oblique exposure to the principles that, that, that are taught in that class just through hanging around me and me jabbering. Um, but it's, you know, to, to have it laid out and orderly and for her to get to experience that first day of the fire hose hooked up to your nostrils, um, <laughs> 
it doesn't sound fun. I I, I don't. I, I felt like the class we took. I had a fire hose in my mouth. It took yeah. <laughs> us two days to decompress, and like we we came back on Saturday. We didn't talk about it again until not even mention it again until Wednesday. Just of all the information that yeah. we had. So it's and the best. Wrote business. out all our notes. It's the best business school in America. It it, it I, is. You know, I haven't been to all of them, but I've been to enough business training. Um, to be able to say you get way more in way less time than you get yep. anywhere else. Um, yeah. And you're surrounded by the best in, in the world. That's kind too. of, that's so kind of cool, isn't it? You yeah, know, that, yeah, that group of really people is. we were in that class with was you just look around and it's like every single one yeah. of these people are seriously Wildly accomplished. Cool. Yeah. They are. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very nice. Everyone's very nice too. So yeah, yeah. that's a yeah. that's a lesson in life when it comes to business or anything else is just getting yourself around the right people to keep to keep you um, sharp. Keep you. I mean, you can apply your superpower of curiosity to that group. You could sit in any lunch table, um, any any break, stand next to any person at the at the cappuccino machine, and uh, and get some kind of nugget out of that. Just, it was great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I literally people. just stood next to Roy just to listen to him talk to others. I didn't, I didn't know what to even ask the man. I just knew if I hung around him, someone else would know what to ask him and I can just listen. Um, yeah. It's astonishing. It's, but, uh, the stuff that, that, that he knows not, not just the depth, but the breadth of depth. If that yes. makes sense. You know, if if you live for for sixty years, you ought to know a lot about something. <laughs> you know, um, the problem is I don't know if it's a problem. Uh, what doesn't work for me is knowing a lot about just a really narrow area of of expertise. We live in this extraordinary universe, this extraordinary world. I was sitting out on my uh, my back patio right out here yesterday, just looking around and. It was, it's just gorgeous. It's, I, and there's so much to know and so much to learn and so much beauty to, to engage with. Uh, and, and it's, it's really cool because Roy is, he's got tremendous breadth of knowledge and it's deep in all these places too. I mean, he knows about, he knows things like, uh, uh, neurochemistry, brain biology, color theory, um, and he's got a voracious, um, uh, voracious is probably the wrong word, a, an expansive knowledge of the visual arts that, uh, and, oh, and he's the world's highest paid ad writer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How much do you, how much of that knowledge do you think he got from doing uncoveries like one of the big takeaways that i took from the class of interviewing um, businesses to, and learning about their needs and their friction points so that we can um, uh, help them really discover what it is that they need to do next to take their business to the next level that uncovery process uh, a big piece of that was getting curious about jargon that you don't know asking questions not being embarrassed to ask questions when when you're when you're talking to somebody from a different um, industry than you're familiar with, and then trying to get some clarity on those questions, like I wonder how much of his knowledge came from just asking good questions. Well, the reality is nobody can teach you anything; you have to learn it yourself. You know that's that's one of the the big misconceptions that is rampant in our society is that. We have a we have an education problem. No, we have a learning problem. Everything mm. that you've learned, Ryan, and everything that you've learned, Nathan, you learned it. You know, there might have been somebody talking, or you might have been uh, reading the writing that somebody else made. But but until you engage yourself with it, there's no learning that happens. It's just sound passing your ears, like the sound of an airplane flying over. Once you engage it, then you begin learning. Um, and curiosity is a really uh, powerful fuel for learning. Um, and I don't think 
it's disputable that Roy is insanely curious and that curiosity has allowed him to, to learn a whole lot from a lot of teachers. But, oh man, I'm going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn now. But I, I guess I really do see the world this way. W- yeah. If you're not curious about a subject, you're not going to engage with it. Right. Yeah, that's something that stood out to me meeting you and your wife as well. Um, I, so I'll make a general statement. I don't want to offend anyone, but it is just the fact when I meet most people that are from your age group, I find that they are like petrified pieces of wood. Late 20s? <laughs> yes. <Really? laughs> I've, actually, most of us, by the time we're in our late 20s, yes, we are. Our, our knowledge set is just um, kind of set. And I think something that just so refreshing about hanging out with you guys is how um, interested you are in other people and learning of their stories and asking questions. Um, uh, you, you know, if a conversation is tossing a ball back and forth, you toss the ball really, really well back and forth. And, it's fun. Um, and, and it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it seems like you're having a blast and, um, and learning the whole time. So, um, oh, yeah. I, I just, I, I know it, it stands out because there's just not a lot of people that are like that. Well, and I, and to follow on on that, I think it's sad when people lose their curiosity. Hmm. Um, and hmm. y- you're right. It, they're oftentimes when folks get into their, uh, yes. I'm, I'm over 60. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so of my favorite conversation with you was when we talked about the different generations, like Ryan is from, I get, I, you're a millennial, right, Ryan? And uh, I think so. I yeah. think so. And I'm at, I'm a late, I think I'm a late Gen Xer. I think I was born in 79. I'm going to guess you're yeah. a, a you're, late boomer. Are you I, a late I'm boomer? Technically, um, it depends on who's doing the definition. Um, there's there's a very small cadre of of people born between 1961 and 1966 that are known as Generation Jones. I don't know why. Okay. Um, I was born in 61, and I've never I've never identified with the baby boomers, but I'm I'm too old to be a Gen Xer. Okay. And as it turns out, apparently those of us born in that area that 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 time frame tend to have that same generational uh, mismatch between what we feel inside and where where whoever makes those rules placed us. Um, so Generation Jones, there's also a, there's a book called uh, uh, The Fourth Turning that talks about uh, different generations. And he places um, the generation immediately following the baby boomers, he calls us the 13ers. We are technically the 13th generation in American history, which is why they calls us, calls us the 13ers. Um, oh, interesting. And each generation has its own particular um, uh, assumptions mm. and, and, and comes to the world with some, some unquestioned things that is just the, it's the environment in which they, they live that they don't even notice in the same way that the fish doesn't notice water. Um, that was so the conversation baby, that I was remembering because we were talking about how each gen, each of our generations viewed things like vulnerability differently. God, um, you guys, I got to tell you what, what you guys said to me as, as we were having that conversation, um, I can't remember whether it was Nathan or Ryan, but, but I'm, you know, I'm trying, I'm drilling down. I'm trying to understand what's going on. What is, what is the, the thing that is, is just taken for granted with your generation that my generation is blind to. And one of you said, we bleed in public. And I just went, Oh my God, that was, and and it, uh, I have been chewing on that and chewing on that and chewing on that. Um, that was profound. I thought that was a, a profoundly powerful insight. Um, and you know, and maybe for, maybe for you guys, it's just like, Hey, whatever. Um, but no, I think I think technology are how old we are when different technologies come into play has a big, big uh, influence on the way our generations work. Um, and so 
yeah, the, the technology that allows us to, to bleed in public, um, uh, was not available to, to you when you were growing up at those, at those, those key moments. And so that definitely influences the way we connect and how we view connection. Um, and that's, that all has a very clear bearing on the way you write ads, right? When you're, well, yeah. Um, communicating someone's a business's story to connect. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, my, my favorite kind of company are locally owned, locally operated companies. Um, and that serve their clientele locally as well. Um, and the contrast would be a primarily digital company that primarily serves their customers, um, through a digital means online. Um, even if the, you know, my wife's company is not the kind of company I would, I would choose to work with. She's an apron manufacturer, but she sells all over the country. Um, that's, that's a different type of marketing that you need to do to, to, to attract the right kind of clientele. Um, but with this, with this, when you're, when you're serving a local customer where you're fa you, you're typically face to face with them, whether it's a product or a service and you're delivering it face to face, it's a different, you build a different story, a different type of story and necessarily um, there are things you need to know about the client and the client's customers that are actually different when it's, when, when, when your target market is the world or the country. Right. So yeah, that's, that's part of what drives that. What success stories do you have, you know, from a company and maybe it's the HVAC company you're working with now, or maybe another one where, you know, um, they were a really great company, but the world just needed to hear it. Um, you know, there's, there can be a big debate in like, what's a good radio ad versus a bad radio ad. Um, you know, we can get into relational versus transactional and that kind of thing. But, um, what success stories do you have from, from well, radio? I've got two that spring to mind immediately. One is this HVAC client that I'm, that I'm still working with. And I'll tell you a little bit about them in a minute. Um, my first really big success was actually the opposite kind of client. It was a, a digital client. Uh, this guy sold a financial product and and a piece of software that he was rolling out. Never been never been uh, sold before. Hired me to write his entire marketing campaign for him, and uh, I wrote a. We it was a you know it was it was the full stack of digital marketing, um, email, uh, 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 video. Uh, uh, video ads, um, uh, online workshops, you know, everything that you can deliver online marketing wise. Um, and we rolled that campaign out and sold a million and a half dollars worth of, of software in six months. Uh, and for a, for a, a small company that hadn't sold this product before, that was, that was pretty smoking awesome. Um, that was when I realized I'm, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> um, and then, uh, this, uh, HVAC client I've got, I've been working with them now for, it'll, it'll be three years in, in, in uh, March. In fact, they hired me just as the pandemic hit and, uh, mm. uh, they didn't they, have, are a they the moist people that these are the folks that I did the moist ad for. Yeah. Um, ah. <laughs> the um, most time as I've ever heard that word in a 30 second chunk in my life. <laughs> we had so much fun with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, they didn't even have a GM. Um, when, uh, when they hired me, the company was formed by buying, I, I don't know, six little mom and pop shops that were all one okay. and two man shops. Um, and it was kind of a crazy idea, you know, it was, uh, if you can imagine merging six different customer bases and different company cultures yeah. without a, a head guy to say, this is the way we're going. This is what we're doing. But they did it. Uh, they hired me and, uh, um, it took me a couple of three months just to get my, 
my get a feel for the who they were, what they were all about. Um, and then we started uh, running ads, started writing uh, radio ads, and I think our first one was um, end of second quarter, first of third quarter, twenty twenty. And uh, this last year. We grew 35%. The year before that, the growth was, uh, I can't remember if it was 30 or 40%. Um, but they have gone from being just kind of a typically average small, you know, three or four trucks kind of company to uh, they are now getting noticed nationwide because of, and and let me point out, they hired a GM the the, the in that June. And that's when I started running the ads without this guy, it never would have happened because he's just bloody brilliant. He's fantastic. Um, so, you know, operations and marketing, you, they gotta both be right. You know, the best marketing yeah. in the world will not save, um, a poorly run organization. And Kyle runs. That was going to be my question. My question was going to be, you know, what, what was the secret sauce that made them work with that weird hatching of an idea of, um, merging them together. So would you say like the, the big deal was having those two pieces in place? Yeah. Um, and, and you gotta have, you gotta have somebody who, who knows, <laughs> I want to tell this story real quick. It's not my story, but it's seriously cool. So, uh, yeah, Kyle, you're a storyteller. It's okay. It's good. Kyle, Kyle's the guy. In fact, um, I'm, I'm writing an ad that tells this story right now. It's going to drop probably here in the next couple of months. Um, Kyle was an army ranger. He was an army ranger training and, uh, parachutes. Kyle's the GM that now that this HVAC company, uh, and, um, uh, jumping out of airplanes as part of their job. So, uh, he's they're they're doing the jump out of airplane thing and about 50 feet above the ground, his parachute collapses and he falls mm. to the ground. And when he's telling me the story, I'm like, why aren't you dead? And he said, well, I fell through some trees and they broke my fall. And I'm like, who are you? He's your age, by the way, Ryan. I think he's late twenties, early thirties. Um, That's awesome. And, I, and I'm like, and then what? He says, and then I got up and hiked to our rendezvous point. I said, weren't you hurt? He said, well, I found out later that I broke both hips. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Wait, you hiked, I don't remember how many miles it was. It was, it was miles. It wasn't feet to the rendezvous hike, right. to the rendezvous site. And he, I said, what in the world? Why did you do that? He said, I had a job to do. I had to find a way. So did you, are you using the story in wow. the ad? This story is going in the ad. Uh, and this is the, this is the magic of what you guys do as exactly. you pull that story out. And I realized that that Kyle, you know, when I look at, at the organization he's put together, he found a way to, to hire the kinds of people that would find a way to deliver the promise that they'd made to the, to the market, to the customer. Um, two broken hips didn't stop him from hiking and joining his squad at the rendezvous point Two broke. He fell 50 feet out of the sky, broke two hips and did it anyway. In That's other awesome. words, we don't accept excuses. We find a way. Yeah. And so that's, right. that's the secret sauce. And then you just got a, you know, a blabbermouth like me who tells the story and makes it work. So I, yeah, I so make that, the promises. I write the checks and Kyle cashes them. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know Kyle, but I'm gonna. Um, I've heard a couple of these stories from from partners like yourself from Wizard of Ads and the way these uh, these uncoveries work, where you interview people. So I, again, I don't know Kyle, but I'm imagining Kyle doesn't walk around with that story on his sleeve, telling everyone wow. about it. Because I've never met a man in the military or, or a woman in the military who um, brag about themselves. It's all about team. It's all about um, that. It, they definitely diminish their own role often. Um, so it takes someone like you to on. find their story and pull it out and say, Hey, this is, this is not just a story that happened, but this is a story that communicates 
what the client can expect from this company with this kind of person and their character at the helm of it. That that's, that's a, that is a, that is an amazing superpower that you have. Um, and, and, and every wizard story that I heard is some version of that, of finding that amazing story and pulling it out. Well, you got to have amazing people and, and, you know, as, as I'm, I've, I watched Kyle work there in the first couple of months that, that we were together and I was like, this kid is way too good to be this young. He's what, what is going on? I had to pry that story out of him with a crowbar. It was just, oh, it was man. just, yeah. and once he's telling me, I'm like, and by the way, you got the distilled condensed version. It's way more mind blowing than what I delivered, but I've got 60 seconds in a commercial to deliver the story. So I had to find out, you know, what, you know, where do I, where do I, what are the important things I can put in and what have I got to leave out? There's, it's just, yeah. it's nutty. It's crazy. And once I heard the story, then what I was seeing before me made sense. Oh, I see why he's able to do what I've, I've seen him do is that's the kind of person he is. There, he told me more stories. It took me a while. Some of them he just won't let me tell. And it's just this, it's this deep well of kindness and care for other people and uh, doesn't want to make anybody feel bad or look bad. Um, they're great stories and I really want to use them, but he said, no, you can't use that one. So, <laughs> Yeah, Nate, Nate and I uh, have a client we're taking on. Um, I told Nate, I said, you know, worst case scenario, he's got this much money in the bank and we'll be able to work with that. It's not much, but, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out on the financial end. And we had a phone call with him yesterday and I was like, hey, you know, you don't have to tell us what you have in the bank. We just want to make sure that your infrastructure can handle bringing us on. And he said 25% of what I thought was his minimum. <laughs> He just came out and said, this is how much money I got in the bank. And I was like, oh, man, you oh, can't. Boy. I don't even know how you're going to put gas in your car tomorrow, but um, uh, we'll figure it out. But Nate and I are determined to help this guy, and I think it will work out because of the things you just said. Um, I think he's got a good heart. Um, and we're not ad writers. You know, you're, you're, you're the king of that. Anybody needs ads written, directing towards the Wizards. Um, we don't have the training that you guys do, nor the expertise, nor... Uh, a lot of the things we need. <laughs> um, but Nate and I know how to help people. And um, that's that's what we're doing with this guy. We're, you know, we're going to figure out a way to help him make make him have a good business. So, yep. Yeah, I, th I, I think what you guys do, um, uh, and oftentimes I, I'm just ignorant and I listen to these ads. I hear these ads. I just assume someone made this stuff up. And, and maybe, maybe some of the ads that I hear, right. that's exactly what they do. Um, but to take the time to learn someone's story and, uh, and then tell it and be there. I don't know if the right, I don't know if this term it works or not for you, but to be a hype man, to hype somebody else up, that's kind of, you know, on the, on the humble side, not wanting to do that themselves yeah. or not yeah. knowing how to do that. That is um, a, a great act of service. Well, and, and to take that thought further, most people are so busy running their businesses, doing what's got to be done day to day on an operations basis, customer service, sales. Um, they're not really aware themselves of what makes them extraordinary. Mm -hmm. um, my experience is that guys who are really good at running a business, they can say, oh, well, I have this system or I have these operations or I, you know, I've got this sales training or whatever. And they, they're, they're blind to the, the extraordinary um, qualities that they possess that make all that stuff work, that make it special. Operations can be copied. Systems can be copied. Procedures can be copied. And if it can be copied, it's not going to make you special. Why are you special? Yeah, well, it's, it's you, it's, it's your values and your experiences and your beliefs about what matters and what doesn't matter. It goes back to those three questions. Who am I? 
Where did I come from? Mm. Why am I here? And, you know, our job when we're, when we're getting to know a new client is to, is to find out who is this person? Where did they come from? And why are they, why are they here? Why do they believe they're here? And when you find those things, that's when those stories bubble to the surface and that's where the gold is. Um, and most folks, you're too busy running your business to do all that woo woo stuff. You know, that's where the gold is. Yep. Yep. And that's what, that's what this podcast is about too. It's, it's, um, you know, we, we, you're a special guest that we brought in. Um, but going forward, um, probably the majority of the people that we're going to have as guests are going to be business owners to hear their story. Because we find that a lot of times, like they're, they're doing heroic work, creating something for uh, a service to, to help a client, um, a place to call home that, that employees can call home, um, taking great risks to do that. And they're heroes. And we want to be able to tell their stories because there's not a lot of people telling their story yeah, or giving yeah. them a platform to do it. So and that's, that's, ex- that's exciting. That's the magic. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how do people, uh, connect with you, Jack, if they, if they want Jack to be their hype man, how do people connect with you? Um, what's the link to your business? My, my website is cult, your brand cult, C U L T cult, your Uh, drop me an email, cult, your brand at Jack Um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Jack Healed Five. Apparently, there were four other Jack Healds. I don't understand why. <laughs> no, there is just one Jack Healed. My goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's good well, to connect cool. with you guys again. Yeah, thank so you. So, am I going to see y'all in March and at the Magical Worlds? Yes, you will. Awesome. I think so. Uh, awesome. Maybe even some wives if we can pull it off. Oh, that'd be fantastic. My wife will be there. That'd be All cool. Right. All right, man. Very good. All right, Jack. We'll see you. See ya. <laughs>